In the past couple of weeks that I've taken off, I've recorded maybe four long funks that I haven't actually put out. And part of this is because, well, two of them were on gun control or the debate associated with guns or whatever this thing is now. And increasingly I find that my opinions are based on something that have got nothing to do with current debates. The notion of actually reading and understanding and taking some information associated with something and exploring things, these aren't ideas that are really relevant to contemporary thought. So two things that I ran with through that. The first is a firearm made by Ruger called the Mini-14 and some analysis associated with what historically has defined assault weapons in the US, which is actually relating to foreign parts. And I've talked about this periodically with people and pointed them to the various legal stuff associated with that. The Ruger Mini-14 is a gun which would be an assault weapon through any normal definition of an assault weapon, but the fact that it costs $1,000 and is made in the US and has a wide variety of really quite curious things makes the whole discussion associated with assault weapons, which falls into the category of now good gun, bad gun, really very, very curious. And I think increasingly the narrative associated with this thing is so far removed from any degree of normalcy or discussive purpose. So I like to point out periodically that claims, particularly claims made by folks in perspectives or authority or something like that, that basically these things are meaningless. But I don't want to waste long funks associated with that. And I think increasingly these aren't topics that people have any meaningful perspective on. It's not that they've done any independent analysis or really even reflected about it. It just seems to be two groups of people that I really don't have any affiliation with yelling at one another. And in particular, living in California, where where I live, you can't even own a bow and arrow, yet mysteriously people are still gunned down by AK-47 fire. The curious nature of this thing just points to systemic problems. I had recorded a long funk about narrative and controlled narrative, which is fascinating because certainly a lot of the discussion associated with the you know, gun thing is that politicians come out and repeat verbatim words which other folk feel are learnt or rehearsed or provided to them. And I found through the week something really fascinating. I was watching a documentary on Netflix, as it happens, associated with Flint, Michigan. It really is like cops with cussing, basically. It's talking to the cops in Flint, Michigan through a series of changes, basically. Temporal changes, but, you know, change of police commissioner, this kind of stuff. And the thing that struck me through that is verbatim, these cops used exactly the same language as the police in San Jose used to justify not doing their jobs. And when you realize that this is linguistically programmed to the point where it's probably taught or... Alternatively, they've just overheard it or somehow the union provides it to them, but this kind of narrative associated with why they shouldn't do their jobs in perfect pitch, verbatim language, makes me realize that actually following language is a fascinating way of exploring quiet or hidden networks. And in the study of language and the collective language that's used, 
living in San Jose versus living in Flint versus living anywhere else in the US. I'm not supposed to have access to all these different language things that are used. I'm supposed to watch the local news and, you know, keep my perspective local with regards to these issues. But if you have the ability to listen to police in Flint using exactly the same language as the police in San Jose use, you start to wonder that maybe this narrative thing should be used for analysis outside the discussion associated with firearms, and that can give you insight. But I'm not going to record a long funk on that today. The topic that I wanted to record on today is associated with cleaning up and discovering little pieces of history. What I have been doing in the past, well, three weeks, or three weekends at least, is tidying up my podcasting room, which in large part means pulling a bunch of stuff out, throwing a bunch of stuff away, and then putting a bunch of stuff back. Getting the podcasting room in a shape where, when my friend comes from Australia, which may or may not happen in a month or so's time, still unclear when he's actually going to arrive. But anyway, his arrival has required me to clean up my podcasting room and in part get it into a state where it can be used to play war games lots and lots of war games and in this process i've gone up into the attic i had to bring down some suitcases we're also traveling before my friend arrives here and in bringing down the suitcases i also brought down two large tupperware crates i do have some positive news I've gotten photographs back from a miniature painter who's painted some World War II figures to indicate that he is, let's just say, capable of painting. It's one of these curious things. You've got to set up these means, these challenges to, I don't know, work out whether or not someone is worthy of your time and your money. And interestingly enough, last weekend we went to a game store where I was going to meet a fellow that I found through Facebook, and his painting just wasn't up to snuff. I had to say to him, you know, I'm sorry... I'm not going to provide you any miniatures. Check out this website. Look at the standards that are shown on this website and all the best. It's one of these curious things that I wasn't actually employing him. I moved away from the situation based on the quality of the stuff that he was showing. And I provided him a number of pointers. I mean, the figures were levitating. He hadn't done the basing right. There were a bunch of really basic things. And he wasn't very self-critical associated with his work as well. So I'm putting out miniatures currently with the view to employ painters to get stuff back. I found a signal from a fellow in San Diego who posted photographs of the miniatures that he'd painted together with the photographs that I was supplied by the miniature painting company. These are basically a middle people for the painters to get my miniatures to the painters and vice versa and in contrast in some regard to the independent painters the beautiful but very much artiste painters that i'm working with in europe i really like this fellow i like what he'd done there are a few issues that i had concerns with but you know this is the nature of working with someone over a period of time and the thing that i really liked about his work was the historical accuracy so when i found these two large tupperwares full of miniatures up in the attic, I went up to get a suitcase. You might recall that part of the long funk. In any case, I brought down two large Tupperwares and proceeded to put them on the dining room table and go through them and work out what I could contract for, you know, painting and group them together, group of kind of Skavens, Imperial Guard, bunch of Space Marines, Just putting them out in piles and working out what were of interest, what could motivate other painters, this kind of stuff. 
But through what I call loose miniatures, I found a piece of writing that I had written in 1993. Now, my friend Alex, when he came to stay last time, which was about three years ago, he brought maybe three or four miniatures that were from his collection. They were unpainted miniatures, relatively rare miniatures, as a you know thank you gift for having him come and stay with us for three weeks. But he also brought this piece of writing that I had written in 1993, and I hadn't actually looked at it. What I did was put it away in a sandwich bag, and it ended up in this Tupperware. The writing was printed out on what I guess once would have been called form feed printer paper, so it was perforated and just printed out continuously. It didn't have pagination. It wasn't really anything that was akin to stuff that you'd see currently. This is continuous printout stuff. While my wife and I were watching a film tonight, I got masking tape and cut the pages so that they would actually be proper pages with the view that I could scan the document. And then I started reading the document. And the document was written in 1993. It's contemporary with the writing and Field of Chaos, but it's an account of virus authors and the history that I was trying to construct at the time based on having very limited information and also based on where I fit it into this thing. And I realised that I don't talk or think or even dwell on this time. And to have it in physical paper form took me back in a very direct way to a time that I really don't have a lot of primary access to. And I thought about this particularly in the context of miniatures, that the miniature collection... All this kind of stuff is taking me back to that time in some way, but doing it in a very well-framed, well-defined way. It's providing something which I feel is nurturing and sustaining and doesn't require me to think too much about what my life was like in 1993. For good reason, I think. And in looking at this, I reflected very heavily on the writing ability that I had, the command of words basically words and ideas but the fact that it was hinged on this thing which really i was in no way either an expert in or really anyone who could write something of authority it was really putting pieces together in a somewhat ramshackled way it was very curious writing because it was written very much like an adult but it was still very much in the kind of teenage mind i would have been 16 when this text was written and I thought back to myself and I just thought, you poor creature in this environment, you really didn't have any of the opportunity or any of the things that you were able to construct afterwards with Mobile Ape. You were in a very different mindset, a very different place, very isolated, almost not necessarily mentally unhinged, but just trying to come to terms with a variety of things that you had no primary access to. And also in a world where you were not only powerless but really just like vermin scum. This whole emotion came to me holding this text in my hand, and I thought to myself, what's the response to this text? What is the right way to deal with this thing? Do I shred it? Do I destroy it? Do I eliminate it? The language is very curious in particular because I'm listening to the rise and fall of the Third Reich currently. I'm very mindful associated, not necessarily with saviour complexes, but just you know, particular styles of writing and particular perspectives on certainty. And this text brims with that in a really strange and curious sense. But also, I understand that it's coming from a perspective of real powerlessness. And 
just, yeah, a very strange point in my life. But I think it's something that I want to keep, and what I've done is flattened it out and put it between two miniature cases, so when I come to it again, I can look on it again. I was going to scan it up, make it into a PDF document, present it in that form, but it's just too curious. It's just too personal, and really... It's funny, actually, because when I think of the three miniatures that Alex brought, one of them was not a particularly rare miniature, but two of them were quite rare miniatures. And I thought, you know, these were really interesting gifts to present me, together with this writing. At the time, I just squirreled it away. I just put it in a case, and I don't know. I have a sense that I just don't have the emotional capacity to deal with certain things at certain times. But now, as I come to tidying my podcasting room and getting things back into, I don't know, just some form of exploration... It was the perfect time to actually sit and read this text and get a sense of what was going on, Tom, age 16, in Australia. Particularly as I'm returning to Australia, and Tom, age 16, in Australia, is always in Australia when I go back. This thing is always there. Always judgment, always people looking down, all this kind of nonsense that I just associate with Australia because ultimately I left, right? So... All these things have weighed on me a little bit, thinking about what I was like at that age, thinking about the things that I've chosen to memorialize and keep. I'm surrounded by miniatures. I have vastly more miniatures than I had originally anticipated, and now I've been through a good sway of them. Now I have the bags piled to the ceiling in my closet. Now I have a sense that I'm recommissioning painters, well, for just a few miniatures at least. I realize that this is a memorialization of a part of my teenagedom, a part of my childhood that really was very painful and very negative and very horrible. And if I can maintain these little figures as a means of dealing with some aspect of this thing, so much the better. Coming to terms with pain and angst and anger, sometimes these things are easier to push aside and sometimes these things are easier just to write about and feel at peace with. I've gone through this associated with the crunch book that's going to be coming out shortly, and I don't know, it seems to be taking longer than anticipated to come out, but once it comes out, it'll be out there. It'll be a very real thing. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like a lot of these things, when you work on a project for a long period of time, you just want it out there. Some of the best projects I've worked on have never come out. It's always been great frustration of mine to work on something and then just have it disappear, like the effort was never even really there. So when I think about long funk topics that I want to record on, when I think about the finite amount of time before I leave the US for this trip, I reflect on the fact that maybe these are the long funk topics, like finding some text in between some miniatures. These are the topics that I should actually be putting out, and I shouldn't be speculating on topics that people really don't care about, they don't want to listen to, they don't have any concern associated with legislation or good gun, bad gun, all this other kind of stuff. Instead, deep personal introspective stuff is what probably belongs in long funk. But I still have a lot to do associated with tidying my podcasting room. So for now, I'm just going to leave you with these thoughts.